couple of books here. And if this, uh, listen, if anything of tonight speaks to you, if your heart's been blessed by this, I can encourage you, go out into the foyer, buy yourself some resource, prophetic vision, seeing your future clearly and the supernatural life, bringing heaven to earth. This is uh, uh, amazing resources, so I encourage you, go grab them. There's only a few left out in the foyer, so go get them, put your hands on them and get them in your heart, get them in your spirit. Uh, I know you will be so blessed. We, we were like, how many of you guys were here this morning? Any people here this morning? A few guys here this morning? And uh, we just had a great time, especially if you were here at the 11.30. The 11.30 got something nobody else got and it was just amazing and uh, Corey's been even such a blessing to us all day and all weekend Friday night with our big night out with our youth a hundred hundred like uh, I'm trying to say a whole bunch but it's like the fourth service of the day so I'm slurring my words I've been I've been, I've been drinking church all day so I'm starting to get a bit drunk a whole bunch of kids coming out Friday night heaping them getting saved and uh, we've just been so blessed by you you know it's amazing you, a lot of people meet a lot of people in this in this game you know doing ministry and stuff and but there's a few always a handful of people that you really connect with it with your heart and build more than just a colleague relationship with you actually build a friendship with and in the last few days hanging out with Corey he is just the real deal genuine all he wants to do is pour out and invest here in this church, here in our church and in our campuses to see us build to another level. And He's not taken anything. Like He's literally given so much to us and blessed us. And my life has been richer just hanging out with you, brother. And I feel like my, you know, I'm a bit sharper now hanging out with you, which is just amazing. And I know our church has been so blessed all day. So church, can we stand to our feet? Can we welcome to the platform, Pastor Corey Turner. We've done that. Thank you so much. You may be seated. How's everyone tonight? We good? Hey, um, thank you so much for the welcome and your hospitality and your love. Uh, uh, Pastor Stephen Beck, you've been amazing and, and everything that you've just said reciprocated back at you and your team. Um, I've just felt right at home here this weekend. And uh, when I go somewhere, it's um, not, not to simply build, uh, really it's not to build my platform at all, it's to build your vision and build the platform that God has called you to uh, in this region. And we've just had, I've had so much fun this weekend. And um, uh, I, I sort of feel like tonight, anything could happen and it probably will. All right, um, because it's sort of Sunday night, raucous. Uh, God is wanting to speak some things. And to be honest with you, I said to Beck, do you wanna preach tonight? Because I just thought Beck is already preaching the message and it was powerful. And I'm like, I'm happy to sit and listen to you. And I'm glad I'm not preaching after her because uh, she's preaching next week. So I'm getting in and flying out before the real preacher stands up and does what they need to do. But uh, JP has been an amazing blessing to me. And I just wanna give you a book, bro, and uh, just honour you. And who, who else? Anyone over here? Joanne, isn't it? See, I remembered. That could have been the prophetic gift right there kicking in, but no, I did remember your name. And um, uh, let's pray together. And why don't we stand up one more time? Just stand up one more time. Why don't you lift your hands? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you tonight that where your spirit is, there is liberty. And I thank you for freedom. I thank you for liberty in this house. I thank you, Lord, that it's the spirit that quickens to us, oh God, what is life, what you wanna do, what your rhema-inspired now word is for us. 
And Father, I just pray, Holy Spirit, would you come and would you minister this word? Would you open up our ears to hear what the Spirit is saying? Would there be an awakening? Would there be a quickening in our hearts? Father, I thank you for Elam. I thank you, Lord, for your hand of favour and blessing upon this house. I thank you for Pastor Steve and Beck. I thank you, O oh God, for the anointing that is upon their lives. I thank you, Father, that you're opening doors. Lord, not just in this movement, but Lord, beyond this movement. I thank you, Father, for the conferences, O oh God, that are gonna open to Beck as she preaches your word. I thank you, Father, for, Lord, the capacity and ability, Lord, to draw people and resource in Stephen's life. And, Father, we just pray, let there be an unlocking over this house of supernatural increase, of supernatural resource, Father, through the work of his hands and through his life. Let the anointing of the Spirit of God to preach your word, to lead your people and to bring resource into your house be quickened to him this day. That as of this day, as of this moment, there will be a supernatural momentum that is released in this house, released in this community and released in the campuses that Elam represents. Father, we pray your kingdom would advance, your kingdom would come and your will would be done, O oh God, in this great nation of New Zealand. There's more, says the Lord, there's more for this movement in this nation. I see where that's been very strategic. I also see that there is coming a quickening and acceleration of the planting of churches. And from this house, from this campus, will come a multitude, will come literally, I see half a dozen more campuses over the next 20 years, 10 to 20 years are gonna come from this house and they are gonna be fruitful and they are going to multiply. And Father, I just pray tonight, oh God, that you would give us an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying. Improve, quicken our ability to hear what you are speaking, what you are saying. God will give you all the glory for it. We'll give you all the honour for it. And if you believe it today, come on, let's give God a big hand of praise in this place. Let's begin with a praise break right now in Jesus' Name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to preach from one verse tonight. Uh, this morning, as I was, or in fact yesterday, um, I had something else planned uh, for tonight. And how many of us know, um, it's not thus says the run sheet, it's thus says the Lord. <laughs> All right? Sometimes we get so caught up, even some of our personalities, and that's cool if your personality's like, it's gotta stick to this, and that's fine. But, but God doesn't consult our personalities or our run sheet. He just goes, follow me, son. Follow me, daughter. And I've just learned, if you'd be willing to go with the Holy Spirit, you'll bump into things you never would have bumped into had you not been open in your heart and ready to hear what God wants to say. And so the, yesterday afternoon, as I'm uh, talking with Steve, I'm sitting there and the Spirit of God speaks to me about tonight, He wants to speak to people about hearing His voice. How can we better hear the voice of God? You see, whenever, you know, uh, I guess you announce that a night's gonna be about the prophetic and we're gonna uh, do some prophetic ministry, uh, it's great that we come without bright tops and, and prophesy over me tops and, and we come expectant and ready to receive and that's great and awesome, 
But, but one of the greatest things that a, a person who flows in that grace and ministry can do is to equip you and release an anointing to hear God's voice for yourself. Prophetic ministers will come and go. People will come and go. The Holy Spirit is with you 24-7. And I believe that one of the things that God wants to bring into this house to complement the evangelistic grace and anointing that is upon your leaders and upon this house and and the heritage of prayer and revival is He wants to build a prophetic culture. Not a weird, ooky-spooky thing that we can't relate to, but an ability, a capacity, a dynamic of the Spirit where we are walking and talking with Jesus and we can hear God's voice personally in our own lives. So the verse that I wanna bring to you tonight is John 10, 27. It's one simple verse and it says this, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice, Jesus is speaking, and I know them and they follow me. Several years ago, I was playing a paintball skirmish. Who's ever played paintball skirmish, all right? A few people. It's that activity that grown men play that legitimately consider paintball as a career option in life, okay? And so we were playing paintball skirmish and I'm there with my friends and it was one of the scenarios and games and all of a sudden one of my mates uh, aimed his paintball gun at me. I'm, I'm still carrying offense in my heart to this day, so pray for me. I'm dealing with unforgiveness and resentment, praise break. And, and, and so there I am and he aimed his paintball gun at me and he shoots and the paintball pellet goes through my visor, my mask and into my left ear. And immediately hits my left ear, I'm hearing ringing, I can't hear properly, but being a typical boy, you just keep on playing. And so at the end of the game, I go to the restroom, I'm I'm putting water in there, trying to get the paintball out of my ear to help my hearing, I can't hear anything. The next day, it's Sunday, I'm preaching and now my left ear is totally blocked. I'm like deaf in my left ear, I can't hear, which should have been concerning, but I just thought it was, you know, a boy thing and it'll, it'll go away. And, and yet it wasn't going away, so it didn't matter whether I preached good or bad Sunday morning. I couldn't hear encouragement or criticism. And so I'm just preaching away. And so... At the end of my message, I said to my PA, hey, you need to take me down to the hospital. I've got to get this thing checked out. And an intern doctor looked in there and saw that the paint had hardened around my eardrum and they started to talk about surgery. I started to talk about another hospital and another doctor and I said, you need to get a specialist in here because you're not opening up this ear, all right? And so they called a specialist. The specialist came and said, if you take these nuclear-powered eardrops three times a day for the next seven days, at about five to seven days, the paint will have dissolved and will start to come out of your ear. Well, thankfully it did. I began to think about that experience and how just as my friend aimed his gun at me, our adversary, Satan, the enemy of our soul, aims his attack at our ability to hear God's voice. And the reason why he does is because he knows Scripture. And Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing hearing by the Word of God. 
If he can attack your ability to hear the word of God and cut off that capacity, he can render your faith impotent, null and void from accomplishing the things that God wants you to walk in, in the fullness of your life and your purpose and destiny. I don't know about you, but I think it's a really dangerous place to be when you can't hear the voice of God in your life. And the, re- and the reason is, is because you're left to depend upon your own humanity. The problem with that is Jeremiah 17 tells us the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can understand it? When you're left to simply operate by your intuition of your own human heart, that's where problems start. If we could uh, lead ourselves, we wouldn't need a saviour. Jesus said, come follow me because we're hopeless at following ourselves. We need a saviour, a shepherd of our soul that we will follow. Hearing God's voice is a skill. It's not something that is just according to your birthright. It's a skill that comes into alignment with your birthright as a son or daughter of God. And it's something that you can cultivate that will save you from boredom and destruction. You, you start hearing, <coughs> excuse me, the voice of God and all of a sudden watch the adventure of life just take off. You start hearing the voice of wisdom, just watch that you, you, you start to see the benefits and, and blessings of wisdom start to outwork in your life. I heard a story one time of a, um, a pastor who had a mentor in his life who was walking up the gangplank towards a ship, a boat. True story, in, in 1912. This man, he was a merchant sailor, heard the Holy Spirit speak to him and said, don't go on this boat. And it was so, so compelling that he turned around and he walked off the gangplank, he didn't go on the boat. That boat was the Titanic. And this merchant sailor mentored this pastor who was telling me this story, how to hear and cultivate the voice of God in your life. So when we're talking about hearing the voice of God, we're not talking about a party trick just to sort of let someone know some details about their life. We're talking about the difference between life and death. We're talking the difference about between good and God, good and bad, between messing up your marriage and blessing your marriage. We're talking about a significant difference that God's voice makes in your life. And so if hearing God is so important, no wonder there's a spiritual war that's raging for our attention. What Satan does is he actually uses several weapons to attack our ability to hear. Let me just give you a few of them. The first weapon that he uh, uses is the distractions of everyday life. Some of us are so distracted by our iPhones and our iPads, we have no time for the original Apple product, the great I am himself. (laughs) Praise break right there, praise break right there. That was inspired, thank you Holy Spirit. Steve's messing me up, man. Now, if you use a Samsung 7, don't worry, it's gonna blow up in your face, all right? It's not gonna help. Put your galaxy away, just consult the creator of the universe, all right? We could just keep doing this all night, all right? But 
But so many of us are so distracted by the noise of everyday life that all you need to do tonight to begin to hear the voice of God is once a day unplug and disconnect. Stop looking at the screen, stop being distracted by social media, just unplug, disconnect for like 30 minutes and focus your attention on the Holy Spirit and upon the Word of God and you will start to hear the voice of God. Secondly, the second weapon that he uses is the noise of people's opinions. Someone said, opinions are like armpits, everyone's got one and most of them stink. And I, I, I think there's a lot of truth to that where sometimes, instead of going and seeking God, we, we sort of look for confirmation and affirmation in people's opinions. Now, the Bible says that without godly counsel, our plans fail. There is a difference between seeking godly counsel, which I wanna encourage, and living by the ebb and flow of people's opinions. And there comes a time in your life where you've got to stop limping between two different opinions and you've got to start to seek God for His Word for your life. Let me tell you, if I had lived my life by people's opinions, I wouldn't be here today. I'm telling you, I would not be here. Why? Because there were choices 10, 15, 20 years ago where there were different opinions in my life, but I had to hear from God. I had to get a revelation of what is it that God is saying, not, is, not what just is man saying in my life. Not only that, but the enemy uses the lies of deception that we believe about God and ourselves. You see, you need to understand something about our adversary. He's the father of lies. His strategy is to plant seeds of doubt about what God has already said to you in your heart. He's been doing this from the beginning. He comes to Adam and Eve and says, did God really say? Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I, I mean, Adam and Darcy, did God really say, go plant that campus in that region? Did God really say, start that business? begin that ministry, go on that mission trip, sow into that Bangladesh mission offering? Did God really say? And he comes to plant doubt about what you already know to be true in your heart. And what we've got to do is we've got to be able to discern the difference between the voice or the lies of the enemy, the voice of our flesh, and the voice of the Spirit of God. Biblically, there can only ever be one of three voices speaking to you at any one time. Now, if a psychiatrist was preaching tonight, they would say, if you're hearing any voices, book an appointment, all right? But biblically, spiritually, there's only one of three voices. First voice, obviously, the voice of the Spirit. The voice of the Spirit is characterized by life. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life, life in all of its fullness, life in all of its abundance. All right, even when the Spirit of God corrects you or rebukes you for something, many of us interpret that as punishment. No, He's trying to produce the fruit of life in you. Don't take it negatively. Say, God is trying to help me get somewhere, become someone, do something. And without that voice, I'm not gonna be able to walk in the way, the truth, and the life. The voice of the demonic, the voice of the enemy, is the voice of lies. It's characterized by what the enemy can steal, kill, and destroy from you. The enemy wants to be your friend, 
but it's in order to take something from you. God wants to be your saviour in order to add the gift of eternal life to you. The voice of the flesh is the third voice. This is the easiest voice because it's the voice you heard this morning when you woke up out in bed. It's characterized by laziness and it's the voice that says, roll back over and go back to sleep. Can I get a witness in this room? We should have a praise break right now in Jesus' name. Why? Because that voice is the voice that I hear when I'm looking at lemon meringue pie in Jesus' name. And, and when I'm you know, having the hospitality here in botany in Auckland and there's an amazing food and everyone's, that's why we need to go to the gym so much because we're eating so much, all right? But, but that's the voice you hear. And often we, we sort of, you know, get these voices mixed up in our lives. How do you discern the difference between the voice of the spirit, the voice of the enemy and the voice of the flesh? Well, in Jesus' conversation with the Jews in the temple, He said a profound statement. He said, my sheep, which is a metaphor for followers of Jesus, my followers will hear my voice. That is a promise to believe. You don't have to wonder whether God has an intention for you to hear his voice. That's his promise if you're a believer in Jesus. How many of us know Jesus can't lie? He's the way, the truth, and the life. So if he says, we will hear his voice, your job, my job, is to come into agreement with that word. And often the stumbling block to hearing God's voice is, I'm not sure I can really believe that. That's the voice of the enemy trying to bring doubt on God's faithfulness to you. Whereas when you come into agreement by faith with any one of the 5,476 promises in the word of God, all of a sudden there is a spiritual conception that takes place in your life and as you come into agreement by faith, that promise is birthed in your life and room is made for you to walk in the reality of whatever God has spoken to you. You see, the word here occurs, uh, sorry, 1,300 times in the Bible. 1,300 times. What you hear and what you do with what you hear determines the fruit of your life. How is it that two people in the same church, same service, even same row, listening to the same word can produce two different types of outcomes or fruit? One produces 30-fold, the other produces 100-fold. Why is that? Has it got something to do with the seed of the word? No, the seed of the word works. But whether or not it produces fruit in your life is determined by the condition of the soil of your heart. That's what the parable of the sower is all about. Some seed fell on rocky ground, thorny soil, uh, uh, shallow soil, but some seed fell on good soil and produced a harvest. You see, it isn't so much always about the seed that's delivered or scattered in the church service, it's the heart we bring to receive. And if you come with an open heart, if you come with an attitude that says, bless me if you can, let's see what this whippersnapper can dish up for us, and, and, and we're just like, you know, we've got that attitude and that girlfriend attitude, and, and we're doing all that thing, that, then what happens is, don't be surprised if the seed stays just on the top of the soil of your heart. 
But no matter who the vessel is, the treasure is in vessels of jar and clay. It's not about the vessel, it's about the treasure, the seed that's in the vessel. And if you come with an open heart and a humble heart and says, I want to receive, and you lean into that and you do something with it, it will produce fruit. You see, I believe I'm not just teaching because you can teach about hearing God's voice, but if you aren't carrying that grace or it doesn't work in your own life, you're not gonna receive that anointing and grace. I'm not just teaching, I'm imparting an anointing and grace that from this day forward, every single one of you by faith are gonna begin to hear the voice of God clearly in your life in Jesus' name. You see, our prayer lives need a paradigm shift from talking to listening. Mother Teresa was asked, what do you do when you pray? She said, I listen. I heard someone say once, listen or your tongue will keep you deaf. Sometimes our prayer lives, which Jesus is into by the way, the Lord's prayer should be really the disciples' prayer. And the reason why it should be that is because Jesus never had to ask for forgiveness because he was without sin. But the Lord's prayer, the disciples' prayer, includes within it, forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who trespass to us. The Lord's prayer is really, really a series of six petitions. God is into petitions. Ask him, seek him, knock on the door. You will receive, you will find the door will be open. But sometimes our prayer lives consist of 99.999% petition and 0.001% listening. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone where all they did the entire time was talk? And you thought that you were going to the cafe to like have a conversation, but it turned into a monologue. Have you ever been there? I remember one time riding my bicycle with a, a, a guy, a cyclist in Melbourne, and like for three hours nonstop, this dude just was like machine gun mouth, right? He just talked, and I was so exhausted, not from the riding, from listening to him. I tried to ride fast to puff him out, he's still talking. I'm riding up hills, he's still, t- I wanted to ride myself into a brick wall to put myself out of the misery, and he's talking about, you know, his marriage is busted, he's got problem with his kids and every time there was a pause I'd say well you could and he'd talk over the top of me have you thought and then he would talk over the top of me and I get back to my car and I'm complaining to God I'm annoyed at him and God says what are you complaining about that's just like you sometimes (laughs) snap Because sometimes we're like, God, I got this problem and we get emotional and that's okay. Pour your heart out and I'm desperate. And God, you gotta do this. And God's like, well, you could. And we talk over the top of it. But have you thought? And we talk over the top of him. But I'm telling you that if you just stop, be still and know that he is God and begin to listen, you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk ye in it. Not only that, but Jesus said, I know them. Not only will you hear his voice, but I know you. What does that imply? To me, that implies a lifestyle of intimacy. I can't get to know someone if I don't have a relationship of intimacy with them. Where I spend time with them, I get to know them. You see, bank tellers used to detect counterfeit dollar bills not by studying all the different ways that you can forge a note, but by studying the true and the genuine so well. 
that when error passed under their eyes, they knew in a heartbeat what was the difference between truth and error. How do you discern between truth and error when it comes into your heart and mind? Spend so much time with the way, the truth and the life that when error passes through your spirit, when a suggestive tempting thought comes into your head, you know in an instant what is of the Lord and what is of the enemy and what is of the flesh. We gotta know this truth because those who know the truth shall be set free. The Word of God is not something just to be uh, heard about for a knowledge perspective, it's something to be experienced in your heart and as you come to know it as an experience in your heart, it begins to bring freedom into every area of your life that you come into agreement with, with this truth in your heart. You see, the problem is we want God like we order fast food takeaway at McDonald's. We want drive-through breakthroughs. We want it quick, we want it nasty, we want it now. And so we drive into the, the, the car park at church on Sunday and we order off the metaphorical spiritual menu. And we're like, you know what, I'm busy today. I'd really just like a two-song sandwich, one fast, one slow. Let's move this thing right along. And, and if possible, when it comes to the, the preaching of the Word, can, can we just have like a little devotional thought that will make me feel comfortable with all of my dysfunction in my life? It will never challenge me. It won't cause conviction in my heart. When it comes to the offering, can I have a discount? spiritual experience here today. Can I just tip God? And I particularly like communion because it's like a mid-service pick-me-up. It's like an energy snack. It's like a Red Bull in Jesus' name, if you know what I mean. And, 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 and it's awesome. And so can we just like have all of these and in about 40 minutes, can we just get out of this thing and get on with the rest of our lives? And then on Monday morning, we face a mountain of issues and circumstances and problems and we say, God, where are you? Don't you care about me? I mean, I've performed my obligatory ritual of spiritual discipline and worship yesterday and because I perform for you, you are now obligated to perform for me and so I'm facing these things in my life. Where are you? I can't search for you. I can't find you and God's saying, I've been here all along. I don't wanna just be your saviour that saves you from your sin or your problems. I wanna be Lord of every day of your life. I wanna be Lord of your physiology, your, your, your theology, your ideology, every ology there is. I wanna be your Lord, not just your saviour. The only breakthroughs in the kingdom of God are the breakthroughs that are birthed out of intimate relationship with Jesus where you're walking with Him and you're talking with Him and you are living this thing. Too many of us Tarzan our way from weekend church to weekend church. Elam conference to Elam conference. And, and, and it's sort of like when I ran track in high school, the coach required you turn up five days a week to training and on Saturday morning, you'd run the track meet. You couldn't run the track meet if you didn't turn up to training. He required a lifestyle of training to compete in the track meet. 
But some other schools didn't have that policy. So you'd turn up at the track meet and they'd be hooping and hollering and intimidating and trying to eye you down and intimidate you. And you'd be like, it's all cool, bro. You can smack your legs and scream and yell and look at me and and intimidate me all you want. But our team is in a lifestyle of training. This is what we do every single day. This is not something we do once a week or once a month or once a year at a conference. And let me tell you something. We've got to apply the same mentality in the kingdom of God. Don't wait until a crisis before you start to get a prayer life. Don't wait till a bad doctor's report before it all starts to go pear-shaped and you say, you know what? I need to start reading my Bible. Start to read it today. Start to pray today. Turn on the worship music. Turn off the radio and turn on the worship music and get yourself a praise break in your car in Jesus' Name. Do whatever you got. I'm on planes, trains and automobiles every single week. If I don't deliberately, intentionally switch off from the world, I'd never have time. And some of you got businesses, you got kids, it's a busy life, I understand. But let me tell you something, when you prioritise building an altar in your home, when you prioritise building an altar with your kids, building an altar of worship in your personal life, in your job, wherever you are, you will start to hear the voice of God. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, I know them, and lastly, they follow me. What's that? That's about a heart to obey. You see, I've learned you can hear God's voice. You can even have a lifestyle of worship and intimacy, but without obedience, it falls short. If you wanna bring relationship with God basically down to a couple of ideas, it's pray and obey. Pray, hear God's voice, and whatever He tells you to do from His Word, obey it, and watch the fruit of that come into your life. You see, most Western believers are more educated than we are obedient. We hear more than we know what to do with. If you just took 1% of this message tonight or something you heard today and put it into action, your life will be remarkably different within three days. They say, if you don't pray one day, you know. If you don't pray two days, your spouse knows. If you don't pray three days, the whole world knows. Within three days, I am aware that if I'm not putting this into action, my thinking, my relationships, my tongue, my attitude begins to downward spiral pretty quickly. And if my wife was here, she'd say, yes and amen. Uh, and, And you just gotta watch that. It's not about works, It's about positioning yourself around the the sort of kingdom influence in mind, body, and spirit that is gonna take you where you need to go in God. It's gonna cultivate a kingdom reality in your life. Think about it. Peter, the apostle Peter, stepped out of a perfectly working boat based on one word from Jesus. He walked across the water based on one word from Jesus. If that was you and I, if we were Peter, we'd wanna go to Water Walking University, the Water Walking Conference. Is there a Water Walking textbook that the guest ministry brought today that I can read? Okay, the supernatural life is the closest thing to it. But, but is there a Water Walking, uh, water walking like, uh, program or seminar that I can attend before I step out of the boat? But in the New Testament, they just heard one word. 
And they stepped out. Jesus did not say greater knowledge than this will you know. Jesus said greater works than these will you do. And for knowledge to become works, it must pass through your heart. A lot of us know things about God, but don't necessarily know God because it hasn't passed through our hearts. The doctrine of the Holy Spirit is not meant to be studied, it's the person of the Holy Spirit's meant to be experienced. And many of us know the doctrines, we've heard the Bible stories, but we haven't necessarily stepped into the fullness of the experience because that requires obedience. And what I've learned is it actually requires you to be willing to step out on a 10 cent whisper from heaven rather than waiting for a $100 spectacular burning bush encounter. Many of us are waiting for burning bushes and God's like, just be faithful with the 10 cents I gave you. It's like we heard this morning about this run, this stupid run from Sydney to Melbourne, all right? Well, how that came about is my wife and I were praying in the, in the house about the need for $100,000 to fit out a particular part of our church facility. We'd been to the church many times for offerings. We weren't going again. And we're saying, God, you've got to give us a strategy. Well, my wife goes to bed. I'm sitting at the dining table doing work. And God says to me, <clears throat> I want you to run from Sydney to Melbourne to raise the funds. I said, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. That is from the pit of hell. Only the devil could ever come up with such a scenario. I mean, no, no one in there, no one is being spirit inspired in this moment, okay? Where did this idea come from? But I start to meditate upon this word. Two hours later, God had given me the entire strategy. I go to the staff team the next day. I said, this is how we're gonna raise the 100K. They're all there with their notepads. They're all ready to write down. I said, I'm gonna run from Sydney to Melbourne. And the same response came to me that just came to me then. And they're laughing. Oh, well, first of all, there was pause, like, he's not serious. And then they're like, you will be awesome, pastor. We'll cheer you on from Melbourne, all right? And I'm like, oh no, you're gonna help prepare this thing. And everyone said, it can't happen. Well, three months later, we launched out from Hillsong Church at their 9 a.m. service. Darlene Check put her hand on my shoulder and prayed for me. I haven't washed this shoulder to this day. And she prayed for me, right? And we ran two weeks 1,172 kilometers. I still have an injury to this day, true story. And we ran into our Sunday night service back in Melbourne and we raised $160,000 in two weeks. Now, everyone after it, at the, at the Sunday night service, literally we had newspapers, we had you know, local radio stations, people are there, they're clapping, they're taking photos, it's all big news and everyone's like, I knew you could do it. I said, no, you didn't. <laughs> and everyone's like, amazing, spectacular, but where did that start? A 10 cent whisper. Yeah. And God just found some idiot who was crazy enough to go, I reckon that's God. Okay, I'm gonna have a crack. <laughs> Let's just have a praise break right there in Jesus' name. Stop waiting for the burning bush spectacular experiences. God wants to speak to you with the 10 cent whispers. And if you'll step out on a 10 cent whisper, watch what he does with your life. 
Watch how He moves in your life. You see, as we grow in catching the whispers of heaven, we discover that voice recognition is simply a byproduct of relationship. It's all about relationship. When I was in the police force, I worked with a detective who for two years uh, listened to surveillance devices of two criminals who had shot and killed two police officers in Melbourne. And for two years, he was gathering evidence, two weeks on, two weeks off, for two years. He never saw their face, he never met them. But he told me years later that if they were to call up on a phone and to simply start talking, he would know in an instant who he was talking with because he became so familiar with the tonality, nuances and distinctiveness of their voices that he knew who he was listening to. I heard that and went, that'll preach. That is exactly what it is to be like in our relationship with God. I remember taking our kids to the uh, amusement park in Melbourne, the Royal Melbourne Show, and there's thousands of people, there's music, there's lights, camera action, there's laughter, there's so much going on. And for 15 minutes, I was a terrible dad. I lost my son. He was six at the time. I lost him in the crowd. And for 15 minutes, I'm running around and I start to scream out his name. When you get desperate for your kids, you don't care who's watching, what's going on. I wanted to see my son not go through any anxiety and I'm calling out his name. And finally, after 15 minutes, through the crowd, he bursts out and he runs to me with tears in his eyes, wraps his arms around me and said, Daddy, I could hear you calling out my name. And I thought that is exactly the sort of relationship that our Father wants with us. In Revelation 3.20, Jesus says, the Spirit of Jesus inspired John the Revelator and says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens the door, I will come into them and eat with them and them with me. The world that we live in is an amusement park filled with distractions. Lights, bells, whistles, camera, action, it's all going on. And in the midst of the distractions, in the midst of the noises, our heavenly Father is knocking on the door of our heart. And He's calling our name tonight. And He's saying, I want intimacy with you. I want a relationship with you. You see, the prophetic isn't just about revealing the details of your heart to get your attention. The prophetic is about awakening in you a passion and a desire for the presence of Jesus, for the Word of God, for, for intimacy with the Holy Spirit. And as that is awakened, you will forever spend your life in the amazing adventure of listening and obeying the voice of God of God. I want you to stand to your feet tonight. And I want the band to come and just for a few moments, we're gonna finish this service very soon, but just for a few moments, if you're here tonight and you say, I, I, I need to, I want to, I'm desperate to grow in and cultivate this capacity and ability to hear God's voice in my life, Right now, in this moment, because we don't have a lot of time, I want you to simply get out from where you are and stand at the front right now. If that's you and you say, you know, I just, I need this in my life. I need to come. I need to hear. I need God to actually awaken and activate. Now, this is a sort of altar call where it's almost like, do you love your mum? And everyone goes, yep, I I'm there, right? And for some of you, it's like, it's cool. You, you are where you are. 
But for some of you, you're like, you know what? By moving my body, by moving out of my comfort zone, by moving my, out of my seat and coming and standing down the front, I'm exercising my faith. I'm activating my faith and I'm saying, God, I'm hungry. God, I'm desperate. God, I, I, I need you to speak. I need you to come. Why don't you just lift your hands right now? Father, I just thank you for every single person in this room. I thank you, Father, for the heart of faith that's in this room. I thank you for the anointing of the Spirit that's here right now upon this Word. I thank you, Lord, for hearts that say, God, we are hungry for you. We are thirsty for you. And Lord, I know that where there's hunger and thirst, you will come and fill. Father, right now, people need answers to questions. They need direction for their next step. The Lord is coming to some of you saying, don't wait till you get the whole blueprint plan for your entire future. Thy Word will be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. All you need, the Lord says, is one word to take one more step. What's that next word? Right now, God, would you begin to clear out the clutter of our hearts? Would you begin to remove the obstacles of our hearts that are obstructing our capacity to hear your voice? And would we hear with clarity the voice of the Lord that says, this is the way, walk ye in it. Father, I thank you right now. The prophetic anointing is coming upon you, bro. Right now in the name of Jesus, you carry it. It's a seed within you, but the prophetic anointing is being released in your heart and in your life right now in Jesus' Name. You're gonna see with vivid detail and people are gonna misunderstand you. They're gonna misunderstand your heart, but God says, keep speaking it, keep sharing it, keep growing in the maturity of the gift of prophecy at work in your life. Just as you have an eye for detail, God says you're gonna have an ear for detail and you're gonna be able to hear detail. It's not just what you see, it's what you hear. It's not just what you hear in your natural ear, it's what you hear in the spiritual ear of your heart. God is gonna give you divine strategies to resolve uh, problems in, in, in atmospheres and environments, not just in ministry, not just in the local church, but in communities. God says that you're gonna be a problem solver, a problem solver in communities with divine strategies for problems that people are facing in their life that they don't have answers to. Father, I thank You. Just come here for a sec. You've got a servant heart. You've got a, such a servant heart. And there is a heart, a gift of encouragement. There is a mercy, grace in your life to show compassion to people that are isolated on the fringe and are marginalised. And God says that He sees your willingness to be a friend to those who have no friends, to be a, a, a someone who, who is a support uh, and, and, a, and a rock of strength to others who are going through their valley of weakness. 
and people are going to come and tell you things, secrets of their heart, and you're going to encourage them and you're going to be a blessing to them because of your sensitivity to where they are at in their lives. Father, I thank you for the anointing of your spirit, oh God, that is upon your daughter. I thank you, Father, that you're going to raise her up. I thank you for the leadership grace that's upon her life. I thank you, Father, for the sensitivity that she has to your spirit. God is doing a unique work in you. You're in a unique pathway of preparation. He is preparing you. He is getting you ready for what He has for you. Greater influence, greater opportunity, greater doors opening to you. I see that that it's almost like God is making a way where man seems to obstruct the way, where there are obstacles, where there are things in your way. God is saying, I will make a way. I will make streams in the wasteland and rivers in the desert for you. I will give you the seed and the resource you need to go on that trip, to jump on that plane, to take that mission trip, to go and visit that ministry. God says, I'm calling you. I'm anointing you. Trust what I have put in your spirit and in your heart as of this day. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in this moment. I tell you, I just sense in my spirit that God is about to awaken the young adults in this house that there is gonna be a move of God amongst the young adults of this house. I see prayer meetings breaking out. I see young adults starting to get a vision right now. Come on, every young adult in this room. And if you're young of spirit, you're included in this too. It's not about your age, it's about your spirit. Right now, I just wanna invite you, if you're hungry for vision for your life, hungry for God to use you, as we sing and as we worship, and as we just come and lay some hands upon people, would you just open up your heart to God? Would you begin to sing with everything within you and watch what God will do in your life? So come on right now, let's worship and let's sing as we just begin to pray. Maybe some of the ministry team can come and just begin to lay hands. And and, and if you are here at the front of the ministry team, you stay right where you are. We're gonna begin to minister just for a couple of minutes.
Look, there's no, there's no like requirement to stay around. If you need to go, you're free to go. It's absolutely fine. Uh, if you need any info, go see our info team. We'd love to um, connect with you. There is a hangout tonight for young adults. It's at Denny's at seven. So that's in like 20 minutes. But listen, don't feel like you have to rush away. Denny's is open all the time. So you could go there at nine and they'll still help you. 
I think it's open all night. So you could show up at two. They'll still feed you. It's all good. Um, but we're going to have a, we're just going to hang out. We're just going to let God just keep doing His thing, keep you in prayer. And, and there's no rush, but if you need to go, look, you're more than